Netcasts you love. From people you trust. This is Twit. Bandwidth for Floss Weekly is provided by Cashfly at C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y dot com. This is Floss Weekly, episode 168, recorded Wednesday the 1st of June 2011. Clear OS. Hello and welcome to another episode of Floss Weekly. As you may be able to tell, I'm not your regular host. Uh, unfortunately, Randall Schwartz was due to be here today, but he's not feeling very well. He's been uh, coughing and he's got a bit of a, a sore throat as well. And uh, unfortunately, he couldn't make it. So I, you're stuck with me. My name's Dan Lynch. Um, you may have heard me before on Floss Weekly, so hopefully we're, we're old friends by now. Um, so yeah, we wish Randall all the best. Obviously, I hope he's going to feel better uh, very soon. He should be back next week, all being well. Um, so I'm flying solo today as well. So there's no co-host so um i'm gonna have to kind of have a conversation with myself which uh which unfortunately is something i seem to do quite a lot anyway uh, so we've got a, a great guest for you today uh, we're going to talk to michael proper who's the ceo of clear center and also uh, david loper who is the president of clear foundation which are uh, related entities if you like and we're going to talk about clear os and all the other stuff that they do um clear os is a uh, open source network gateway uh, solution. It does content filtering, uh, firewalls, all of uh, that kind of stuff. But it can also do uh, things like file manager, uh, file uh, serving, and uh, web servers, and all that kind of stuff. And it's based on uh, Red Hat and CentOS, which is something I'm keen to ask them about as well, uh, because there's a, a lot of uproar about CentOS in the community at the moment. So they're going to come on. They're going to tell us all about. Uh, what you can get out of it, how Clear Center relates to all this, um, how the, the business model works with that. It should be a really interesting show. So uh, let's go ahead and bring on our guests. We're joined today by Michael Proper, who is the CEO of Clear Center, and David Loper, who is the president of Clear Foundation. How are you doing, guys? Life's great. Very good. Cool. And uh, where, I suppose we should take it in turns. So where are we speaking to you from? Are you in the same place or are you in different offices or what? We're in the uh, same office facility building, so to speak, based in uh, Utah. Ah, cool. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm uh, based in uh, Liverpool in England, as we said, so we're getting a bit of transatlantic uh, action here. So that's very cool. So I gave a, a quick um, roundup of, of what uh, what Clear Center and all that kind of stuff is in the intro, but um, I never do as, as good a job of it as the people who actually know what they're talking about. So uh, I suppose mm-hmm. we'll start with, with you, Michael, if that's okay. Can you tell us what uh, Clear Center is and what Clear OS is and how it all kind of relates to each other? Uh, ClearOS is basically a, a Linux distribution that is focused on small, medium-type environments as well as distributed enterprise, um, really simplifying all of the different devices that are currently needed, firewall, router, intrusion detection systems, et cetera. But um, really, really focused on smaller distributed-type environments. And we basically, here at ClearCenter, we build products that are around it. So hardware or supports or cloud-based services or cloud-based apps. Cool. And um, you're CEO of, of Clear Center. So can you tell us a little bit about what that kind of involves and, and uh, how you came to be involved with it all? Uh, CEO basically means I, I really serve everyone that's here and make sure that uh, we've got clear vision and objectives and uh, 
paths are cleared so that everybody can do their job, basically. Um, you know, come to be involved in it primarily from a history that I had uh, started a business back in 2000 that was focused in the managed service provider sector and really started implementing IT for organizations, small distributed environments. Uh, grew it for about nine, ten years um, and really saw a better way instead of implementing or managing multiple different disparate systems, um, you know, really found a, a simpler app was originally with a company named Point Clark Network, which also was started in 2000, uh, met up with them in 2005. And basically in 2009, decided to hang a shingle and, and really focus on growing the awareness and adoption uh, of that distribution, such it is, it's, it's very powerful, um, simple web-based interface, usability, uh, easeability to add applications and really scale a service provider business, but more so, um, you know, drive out a lot of the costs and complexities around deploying what we today know as IT on-premise. Hmm. Did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, it sounds good. So um, I, I should bring David in because I don't want to uh, I don't want to neglect him. I feel he's been left out of this. So uh, David, you you are uh, the president of Clear Foundation. So can you tell us what Clear Foundation is and how that kind of relates to to uh, Clear Center and all of the rest of the stuff? Clear Foundation is a um, is an organization that's dedicated to making sure that. Um, uh, homes, businesses um, have sec a secure in, uh, IT environment and that the uh, code that we use to do that is uh, defended and uh, protected from you know, people that uh, would, would try to uh, limit uh, people's uh, ability to have choice or uh, control of their own systems. And so um, we take on open source um, uh, components that make uh, ClearOS a, a better offering uh, and a better uh, product. Um, so my role in the foundation is to make sure that uh, we have uh, good interaction with the user community, that uh, we have organized um, uh, development and progress in, in, the, in the Linux distribution itself. Um, and so that's, uh, that's kind of the, the goal of Clear Foundation. Um, Clear Foundation accepts most of um, the source code that uh, we get um, comes from uh, individuals that are com uh, contributing to, uh, for instance, one of the uh, open source applications that we have is a L7 protocol filter. Um, that, that project was languishing um, a couple of years ago. Um, the people that started it were fantastic. Um, but they had uh, other priorities, and so we volunteered to to step up and uh, to uh, take on that project. Um, we have uh, our biggest project is, is ClearOS, which uh, is a is a Linux distribution that's uh, dedicated to making IT simple for homes and businesses, and uh, that's my role. Excellent. And when I was doing uh, my research for this uh, for this interview, I, I was uh, looking up your biogs on the website, and I noticed, uh, David, that your job title was listed as VP of Technology. So is that another hat that you wear, or have you changed roles at all? Um, I, I am currently employed by Clear Center as their VP of Technology, and um, I, I do get to work on some of the uh, hardware that uh, Clear Center 
uh, puts out. That's that's primary. That's primarily my focus uh, within the Clear Center organization is applying uh, ClearOS to the Clear Center hardware and uh, optimizing it so that uh, it really it really shines. And so we've got some some great new products coming out that. Uh, we really leverage the hardware and the open source software that's out there to do some pretty amazing things for uh, that's not complex. You know, we take that complexity away. Yeah, I was looking on your uh, website, and one of the other um, elements of this kind of whole uh, solution is what you call the Clearbox, which is actually a piece of hardware which is tailored to run ClearOS and act as a you know a, a network management kind of solution. So, can you tell us a little bit about the Clearbox? Um, what kind of hardware is in it, and and that kind of thing? Um, currently, our Clearbox we have um, uh, a, a a one U rack mount unit, the Clearbox three hundred uh, has several different hardware options. Um, one of the things that we've leveraged with the, uh, the hardware is the ability to um, work really as a, a, a network or a perimeter appliance. Um, this is where it really, really shines. Um, the, the, the box comes with uh, bypass segments that allow you to do some very, uh, very cool things uh, in regards to uh, failover or uh, the ability to uh, put it in line. So you can have, uh, for instance, uh, ClearOS acting as your content filtration system that's in line, and uh, the bypass segment keeps it kind of um, invisible when it's powered off. And when you power it on, it's still bypassing the, the, the ClearOS server. Um, as soon as the content filter and the proxy server are online and functioning, it's able to uh, kick in. Uh, the the bypass and uh, take control of that and still act as a bridge, but basically snatch all the the uh, traffic out of the air and then filter it and then give it to the client. Hmm. Excellent. Um, and we're getting some uh, some questions from the chat room as well, and people are asking uh, how does this compare to something like PF Sense or Packet Fence and some of the things that we've talked about <laughs> previously on on Floss Weekly. Uh, first of all, I want to give a shout out to PFSense. I, I really like uh, PFSense as a distribution. Um, they do some some very amazing things, and some of the things that they they do, we are actually uh, striving to uh, to to replicate on uh, ClearOS um, in, in general. Um, there's some great things that come out of the BSD community that's not always um, translated over. Uh, well to the, uh, the the Linux side of things, and PFSense does a, a really good job of, uh, of of working it as a perimeter gateway. I, I would say that the, the biggest difference between excuse me <clears throat> the biggest difference between us and PFSense is um, PFSense is is, is uh, really focused on the edge of the network um, as a uh, unified threat management or a or, or a border device only, whereas ClearOS um, is, is focused on a holistic solution for IT. So, you know, we do things like, you know, file server, database server. We have a, it comes uh, pre-built with a, a LAMP stack. So anything that uh, is, is LAMP oriented just fits right in nicely. Um, you know, web server or a certificate server, um, all of those things that you would, uh, you would have on the inside of your network, we also have in ClearOS. And so you can choose to use ClearOS as, as just your perimeter device or as an internal server 
or as both. If um, you're a small enough uh, environment, you can just reduce all of your IT down to one box. Wow, that sounds excellent. Um, so, Michael, if I could uh, switch back to, to you for a second. I was reading about um, your plans to move forward with ClearOS, uh, and I believe you're based on CentOS and, uh, and Red Hat, and you're looking to, um, to kind of uh, move forward with that. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, that's correct. We are based on CentOS. Uh, historically, actually, back in the days, uh, 2000 to 2004, we're based directly on Red Hat. Um, and then when CentOS came out, we started running um, basically off of CentOS. <clears throat> Since there's been a six to, I don't know, six to eight month gap, we've made a decision to go ahead and rebuild um, direct binaries right from Red Hat, just as CentOS was, and literally go ahead and provide out to the world similar uh, capabilities or exact capabilities as what CentOS was doing. However, have a professional organization behind it that has accountability, whether it's on updating or releases or patches, uh, and it'll be known to the world as ClearOS Core. So, excellent. And uh, I know we actually uh, talked to the, the some of the CentOS guys on Floss Weekly not too long ago, and uh, unfortunately, I know they've been having some problems in the last few months, and uh, lots of people are wondering when they're. Uh, well, when their Red Hat Enterprise Linux 6-based solution is going to come out or if it's going to come out and all that kind of stuff. So it seems like this is a really kind of um, big topic at the moment, in, for certainly from what I'm hearing. There's a lot of people based on CentOS right now serving um, you know, web hosts and things like that, lots of web hosts <coughs> running Cent, uh, CentOS or CentOS. Um, so do you think there's some room in, to, to kind of move into that market maybe and, and, and hopefully... Uh, pick up some of the people that, that are, are kind of floundering now that CentOS is uh, losing its way a little bit. You know, it's we've we've again we've made a strategic direction to make sure that we're stably in that world and you know continue mm -hmm. to provide the, the the gap that's currently being felt for the long term, as well as provide the organizations the ability to to basically buy additional. Uh, elements around it if they cho so choose to move into the full ClearOS realm, which is basically a web-based interface that intelligently integrates other applications into the environment. But as far as a, a direct replacement for CentOS, you know, we, we really desire to work with them and provide resources and help support their efforts and weren't able to get traction or attention or a desire to, to really engage there. Um, and so, you know, we, we literally brought on uh, teammates that have expertise and skill sets um, and, you know, plan on continuing down that road for the long term. Uh, David Loper, Shad Lords, uh, a couple organizations from, I don't know if you're familiar with the SME community or contribs.org, but uh, there's, there's really a, a great team that is, is being assembled and will continue to be assembled um, to, to really pick up the pieces where a CentOS has has been lost. Excellent. I think that's a really uh, a really big thing that people are kind of um, uh, worrying about at the moment. So, um, sorry, David, were you trying to get in there with something? Oh no. I, I mean, yeah, I I I, uh, I agree with him a hundred percent. One thing that I just kind of wanted to to let you know is that uh, you know we are actively building uh, those packages. We've started about a month ago and. Um, uh, we put together a uh, build environment that is 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 very powerful, and uh, uh, we're, we've gone through multiple passes of rebuilding our uh, upstream sources. 
And, uh, you know, at this point, we um, just, you know, announced um, this morning that, uh, you know, uh, kind of where our status is with those with those builds. Um, and, uh, you know, we've some of the uh, most of the packages that uh, that we've built are, are building just fine. And, um, you know, we've got a large repository of, of, of things that uh, look very, very pristine right now. Um, we do have uh, some packages that, you know, differ slightly. And so we're in the quality control phase now. And uh, that's publicly viewable. And people can uh, go and see, you know, where our... Uh, you know, what the differences between us and the upstream packages are, and they can, you know, help make comments uh, about, you know, why a, a certain package is, is, is not uh, not building correctly. So we, we, we absolutely invite people to be part of our process to uh, build this open source uh, uh, Red Hat replacement and uh, and be able to, uh, to get it out there. Um, currently, we're building both um, 6.0 and 6.1, and uh, both of those are up on uh, those. Those differential packages are both currently on mirror.clearfoundation.com. You can, you can go there and see kind of what the status is, um, and you know all of the packages that have zero uh, bytes difference from the upstream sources. Those are good to go, and uh, we'll be posting them um, soon into our uh, beta. Uh, mirror site and um, we, we hope to have some stuff very very soon um, as, as far as the, uh, the the second component to the distribution that we're working on right now is the uh, installer and we're making great progress for that for both uh, ClearOS Core and also for ClearOS Enterprise Oh, that's very cool. And um, something that, that's kind of happened in the uh, last kind of six months to a year in, in the Linux world that I've, I've noticed is that Red Hat have uh, changed the way that they do things a little bit and they obscured some of the things that they do, uh, which, you know, again, got them some, some kind of heat from the community. But uh, there was some speculation this was to make life harder for unbreakable Linux and some of the other uh, things. And we, I actually talked to some of the CentOS guys about this at the time. Has that changed anything? Has that made it any harder for you to do what you do in repackaging the their software at all? We haven't noticed any difficulties in building uh, the kernels, and, that, and that's particularly what they were focused on, um, from from what I understand. Um, so for us, I, you know, I don't have anything com- to compare it to because, you know, we're, we're doing this off of um, 6.0, and so I don't have any previous experience, um, you know, rebuilding the, the 5X set in... But uh, we, um, I, I take that back. We did, we did a, we did a run of five six, and I don't, I don't see anything that's um, markedly uh, difficult or harder on our end to to, to rebuild those. Um, you know, I think that this uh, may be affecting uh, the unbreakable Linux, or you know, but if if it does, I don't know, I don't know how. It doesn't seem to be a problem for us. No worries, no worries. It was, it was quite a difficult question. I would throw that in because uh, I know it's, it's something that's been quite topical recently. Um, so uh, we're getting some more questions from our IRC chat room as well. Lots of people asking about IPv6 and whether you're ready for IPv6 and will you be able to do transition between uh, v6 and v4? Can you tell us anything about that? Well, since we're 
based off of Red Hat Enterprise Linux, um, the IPv6 support that we have, we, we you know we gain that from our upstream provider, and Red Hat has you know really good IPv6 support. So for ClearOS Core, uh, yeah, there's no problem. Uh, for ClearOS Enterprise, the uh, the IPv6 support is is there in the back end you know if you drop to command line you can you can put in the ipv6 support um but uh with 6.0 uh, ipv6 wasn't our focus in the in the front end uh primarily our focus on the uh, clear os enterprise um, was getting a a, a new uh, architecture in there so the architecture that we have for the web-based interface is it, it is quite old currently, and uh, and if you wanted to create uh, a new module or uh, add some additional functionality, that was that's been traditionally difficult to do because you had to have uh, quite an intimate knowledge of how ClearOS uh, and its API works. Um, now uh, we've we've uh, have an updated. Uh, uh, Architecture based on Code Weaver that's uh, a lot uh, more streamlined has a lot more support. Uh, should be easier to rapidly develop uh, additional modules, and that's that's our goal and focus with the 6.0 series is to be able to have a, a, a marketplace where you can get add-ons. So uh, likely the IPv6 support will be coming, and it will be coming down as uh, as an add-on that you can. Uh, uh, put on to uh, um, to clear OS if you need that support. And that's that's very cool, and it, it brings us on to the uh, the uh, delicate subject of of making money and keeping things going, which is obviously important. And uh, I'm I'm curious. So um, maybe we could bring uh, Michael in on this as well. Um, how how does Clear Center make its money? Will it will it be through um, paid applications and support and so on? Yeah, so the, the marketplace which we'll be launching with the launch of ClearOS 6.0 will actually enable other third-party line of business vendors, whether it's, you know, um, such as Kaspersky or um, others that provide a value at the network layer, the server layer, etc., or even a cloud-based app layer to be able to um, write or integrate directly into ClearOS so that it's a single, simple user interface for, you know, the end users, so to speak. So it's it's a form of a marketplace that will have an intelligent app um, creation or service creation that is tightly integrated. That's one area. Uh, other areas such as uh, cloud-based apps that we or cloud-based services that we currently deliver, uh, remote server backup content filtration pattern file updates, intrusion protection pattern file updates, remote security audits, uh, bandwidth monitoring. These are some illustrations of cloud-based services um, in addition to some of the cloud-based applications that will continue to be available. Um, I think it would be advantageous um, in the future to probably have a call with Benjamin Chambers, who's helped to build the marketplace, and um, Peter Baldwin, who has actually helped to build the modularity around how apps can actually be snapped and easily plugged into the new framework. So um, maybe in the future we can have some of the listeners, you know, pop some questions into them because that'll be specific on how really the value can be uh, relayed or portrayed. Yeah, it sounds sounds very cool. So I'm I'm curious. So um, I'm a say I'm an application developer, and I think I've got a great um, application which would be really good for the 
ClearOS Marketplace, or sorry, ClearCenter Marketplace, um, how would I go about getting into that? What kind of technical requirements are there, or, or do I need to sign up with some kind of developer program or something like that? So really, uh, we believe that one of the, the well best or best executed um, programs for those type of ecosystems is what Google's done. Um, mm -hmm. And we have been working with Google for a long time. And you'll, you'll really focus on uh, a similar type of marketplace or app store that uh, you would see within the Google ecosystem, such as the Android <laughs> ecosystem. So imagine instead of at the phone or cellular PDA type layer, look at it at the server network gateway layer. And that's really where ClearOS fits. And it's really, if you look at the, the app store or marketplace, I should say, with, with uh, Google, that's really how you would see um, ClearOS kind of fit into that realm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. And, and as you say, obviously, uh, Android, the Android marketplace is doing very well at the moment. So I think that's a good, uh, a good model to, to follow. Um, so I, I'm curious um, who your kind of typical, I don't know if you can tell us this, but how specific you can be, but who your kind of typical customer would be and what their use case is for um, the solutions that you offer? Uh, so we focus, uh, there's a, a, a partner ecosystem that really focuses on the general small business or distributed enterprise that we sell the products through, such as, you know, mortgage, title, manufacturing, construction, banking, real estate, et cetera, um, and, or distributed environments, maybe fast food chains, um, retail type locations, et cetera. Um, so those are usually uh, all procured and done through partners, not just in the U.S., but really globally, as majority of our revenues are actually global-based uh, or internationally based. Uh, and then we actually have specific programs, and we'll continue to launch additional ones throughout the rest of this calendar year, focused on really the education sector, nonprofit sector, and then governmental sector. So imagine hardware, software services combined specifically for those arenas, um, really at, at disruptive type uh, pricing and offerings. Not just that, but really the value that they get from it. So we have current, yeah. currently we have, uh, let's if you focus in on like just the educational sector, there's uh, specific states that have standardized on the platform and they've got 200, almost 300 deployments. They've been able to realize millions of dollars in savings, millions of dollars in, um, you know, really, whether you're talking infrastructure or lack of, costs that are there and then they're saving tons uh you know well, there'll be some case studies that'll be out on actually the ongoing support costs really each imagine each school has one device and that one device runs everything from you know um, multiple internet connections coming in to the ability to have deep integration with google apps for the students and faculty for the ability for um content filtration to be easily adopted, whether it's for faculty or for students. Uh, maybe it's local files, maybe it's cloud-based applications, maybe it's integrations with specific line of business apps that help to run the educational world, uh, some of them on-premise, some of them in the cloud. And then, um, you know, you kind of wrap all this into one hardware device that, that literally sits at each school. Um, and they're also running things such as phone systems on it, bell systems on it, intercom systems on it, et cetera. So, um, you know, if you look at historically, it, it's we've, as technology's grown, we've actually adopted multiple hardware platforms with multiple different operating systems from multiple vendors that haven't worked together well. Really the value that, that we 
desire and do play the, the value, the role in is helping others to really intelligently integrate all of this and, and do it from a, an easily uh, distributed standpoint. Mm. It sounds excellent. Um, so to, to kind of cover a little bit of the, the background of the company and so on, um, how, how many kind of people work on this and where, you know, how does that all kind of come together? How long has the company been running, that kind of stuff? Uh, so we started in the beginning of 2009. Currently, we're a little bit less than 20 employees that are full-time on the project. Um, and then really the mass of the Clear Foundation community, uh, which is uh, 21, 22,000 members and growing. Um, so there's a, a nice core team. We have a development office in Toronto. Team members kind of pep peppered throughout the U.S. <clears throat> um, and then headquartered uh, here in just south of Salt Lake City, Utah. Oh, excellent. Sounds good. So, um, so David, I, I was curious. Um, you talk about. Uh, you, you've already kind of mentioned this. The the desire to, um, you know, to to relate with the open source projects that you um, you know are upstream of, and to keep a good um, good relationship. I was looking on your website, and you have a section called Purposes, um, and it says uh, one of the statements on the Clear Foundation site is that. Uh, yeah, you list protecting open so the open source elements of ClearOS as a big part of what you're trying to do, and also maybe incorporating other open source things into ClearOS. So is that is that important to you guys in what you're doing? Um, it is because uh, one of the things that we recognize is that um, open source, because uh, you know it, it's its basis is more around the philosophy that uh, that, that that works are copyrightable as opposed to um, software as a patent. Um, because of that position, um, you often see open source uh, going head-to-head -head or um, having some grief because of, uh, or, or potential grief because of some, some patent uh, type of uh, things that may happen or other types of litigation. And, you know, Clear Foundation is, uh, you know, it's established, and we've, we've established it actually not in the United States, but in New Zealand, so that um, uh, because their laws uh, seem to protect open source uh, better than than here in the United States, um, so uh, that that's kind of the purpose of, of Clear Foundation is to make sure that this software is always free and available, that there's a little bit of uh, defensibility uh, behind it. Um, you know, certainly we uh, we've reached out uh, previously to. Um, the Free Software Foundation and uh, other organizations that are, are kind of in the same camp. I, I think the difference between us and, and them is that our, you know, our focus is really on a specific um, purpose of, of, of making sure that the software is available to um, small businesses and homes. Um, typically, it's those environments that are least um, served by technology. Um, and uh, we want to make sure that this technology, that, that this powerful open source technology that the world has contributed is available to them and uh, that it's not only available to them, but that it's easy to use. Um, oftentimes it is uh, quite a daunting uh, task to, to go to somebody who's not very familiar with computers and say, you know, I, I want you to, uh, you, know, you know, you want to protect your, your home from you know, viruses or spam or uh, pornography or, or what have you, um, whatever, uh, or, or hackers. Um, those types of things uh, are, are a difficult task for uh, common users. 
um, because the technologies are very, very different. And, uh, and so we, we make it easier for, for, for users to do that. And so ClearOS is also used quite a bit in home environments. You know, people will go ahead and, and replace their, you know, Linksys router or their, you know, um, or their uh, edge device, that whatever router they're using, with a ClearOS server, and be able to have the capability of, um, you know, doing the typical things that you would have with uh, a router, but also having the ability to, you know, make their their server a media server, and and ClearOS is is uh, designed as such that you can get the functionality with a, a, a usable interface. But if you need to, you know, if you need to get advanced or whatever, you can take those stepping stones. Um, so you can begin by managing everything from, you know, the web interface. And then as you progress in your skills, you can learn, um, you know, how to use command line for, for this or that. And, and the community is really good about providing um, good feedback and not um, telling people that uh, are new to Linux to just RTFM. You know, that's one thing that we, we don't tolerate on our forums is that, you know, we understand that everybody started somewhere and that uh, everybody needs a chance to kind of uh, ramp up their skills and that we're all in the process of learning uh, how to use this software. Mm, definitely. I mean, I, I would agree with that wholeheartedly. Everybody starts somewhere, as you say. Uh, yeah, it's a good way of looking at it. So um, you, you use, a, as I said, you use a lot of open source components and so on. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about how, um, as say, a community developer or something, could, how could I get involved with, say, ClearOS? Are there um, repos I can get the code from? And could I send a patch to you? And, and do you get many patches from people and that kind of thing? Yeah, we do get we do get patches um, from from people. We do get contribute uh, contributions all the time, and we really really appreciate everybody that uh, that helps out on the project. The best way to get started with ClearOS is to uh, go to the Clear Foundation forums at uh, www.clearfoundation.com and to uh, join the community. Um, you know, uh, post any questions that you that you have. If you are uh, an advanced uh, Linux user and you you have uh, some skill and you have some patches that you'd like to to submit or some improvements, um, you know, uh, sign up uh, on the uh, as a as a contributor and uh, you know and uh, you know send them that that way. If you if you want a uh, you know access to the bug tracker system. Uh, and be able to you know, submit a patch that way. Um, all of that's available on the Clear Foundation forums and uh, through the Clear Foundation site. You can you can get started there. Um, the uh, for, for uh, most people that end up using ClearOS, um, they are uh, you know people that are using them in their homes or their or they're starting in their IT business and maybe they're um, a strong Windows user and they're looking to cut costs for their clients. And they want to be able to set up a, a full Microsoft Small Business Server replacement, but just using open source. Um, you know, the, for for that community, the, the best way to to get started is to to download the ISO of, of ClearOS and install it and and, and start running with it. Uh, registration of ClearOS is free, and um, you know, with that you'll get uh, you'll get updates, and um, you know, that's uh, that's that's how you get started. Uh, of course, you know, uh, our, our code is all open source and stuff. And so if you, you know, need to d- dig into the source RPMs, uh, you can you can find those on the Clear Foundation site as well. 
Excellent. And I've got to say, I uh, during research for this show, I, I kind of trolled through your uh, websites there, and it's it's a really impressive, um, you know, uh, impressive complete set of tools that people can need. There's uh, like developer tab and stuff, you know, on the menu, so you can find out if you're a developer what you what you want to know and all that. So it's very cool. Um, I, I was I was curious. You, you mentioned about downloading it, installing it on your own hardware. So I mean, it, as you say, it is uh, essentially just a Linux distribution. So what kind of hardware can I put this on if I haven't got, say, a clear box or something? Um, is there any specific hardware requirements for it? Well, uh, the, the compatibility list, uh, you know, we're, we're based off of Red Hat, and so anything that shows up on the uh, Red Hat compatibility list is, is going to be compatible. Um, uh, so that's, that's kind of the, the official uh, list. Um, but uh, in our experience, we found that ClearOS runs on uh, just about any you know x86 box that's out there. You know, naturally, there's going to be some uh, difficulties with certain network cards. Um, but typically, um, if if you're going to get started, you're you're going to want to have probably uh, a machine that's got a, a, gig, a gigahertz or more processor and a, a gig of RAM. Um, that'll allow you to to test everything, including the uh, the content filter, which uh, can be can be demanding, especially if you have a large user count, um, because it's you know it's intelligently you know other than just going and looking at uh, a, a site list or a URL list, we incorporate Dan's Guardian, uh, which um, does a combination of, of uh, site lists plus um, uh, context filtering. So it's going to look at the context of words on a site before. Uh, doing that, so for that for that system, that, or if if you're going to be using it as a web server, you know, naturally you're going to get uh, greater performance. But but typically, I recommend a, a gigahertz processor, a gig of RAM, and a couple of NICs, and um, that will turn it into a gateway for you, and you can try out all the features on it. That's cool. So the, there's a fairly um, simple barrier to entry. Then I'm assuming, like as you say, home user or somebody who might want to uh, try this out, they could probably get an old beige box that they've got somewhere um, with you yeah. know reasonable hardware and throw it on there. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Uh, you know, older older hardware works fine um, because it's it's Linux. It doesn't have a really high um, requirement. For processor just to run the OS, you know the the kernel is is still fairly svelte, and uh, yeah, you can. It's 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 amazing how uh, how junky the hardware is that you can run it on. Um, for my my own home, um, we have about um, uh, five or six users typically on my network, and I'm I'm using an old um, uh, 800 um, megahertz. Uh, Lex machine uh, that's got you know it's got four NICs in it, but it it doesn't have a lot of power at all, and uh, that's that's what I use uh, you know protect to protect my kids from uh, viruses and, and things on the internet. So um, yeah, that's uh, so yeah. Even if it's even if it's lower gear, you know you could potentially run it. We even were playing around with the idea of having a contest to to see what the crappiest hardware was that you could run it on. Right, right. Yeah, it makes sense. Makes sense. I mean, that, that's one of the great things. I'm obviously a, a, a Linux advocate, so people expect me to say this, but it is one of the great things about being able to do this with Linux is that you don't need a huge memory 
footprint or any of that kind of stuff. You can kind of tailor it to what you want. Um, yeah, that's, that's very, very cool. So um, I was curious about, um, yeah, you, you've, are there any kind of proprietary elements in here as well? I know you've got paid, you're saying about the marketplace, you've got paid for apps and stuff. So with, is ClearOS completely 100% open source or are there proprietary bits in there as well? Um, ClearOS um, inherits all the same. Um, typically, uh, the licensing that, that comes from, from Red Hat um, so uh, most most of it is uh, you know GPL two. Uh, there's mm-hmm. you know Apache and LGPL and uh, GPL three components to it. Um, but the distribution that we produce is is all open source, and um, there are components that you can put on there that are are proprietary or closed source. Um, for instance, we have how tos on how to install VMware Server, for instance, um, right. and, and other elements. But those are uh, those are secondary, and those don't those don't come on the distribution. The, the distribution itself is is all open source. Excellent, excellent. That's what we like to hear. Um, so, uh, Michael, I, I was curious. Um, you've, as I mentioned, you have um, you t- you're going to set up the marketplace. You're going to have paid apps and stuff. So, um, why would uh, somebody you know, what's the selling point for, say, the, the paid version versus the, the free version to a, I don't know, a school or a business or anyone like that? What, what, what are they going to get for the, the paid version, if you like? Well, so there's, if there's a typical license fee that's behind the paid version, you know, then the normal run-of-the-mill type technology can go ahead and be implemented on the platform if it gets into the app store marketplace. Um, as far as free-based apps, you know, there's a lot of them that will continue to be free. Um, just think about it kind of like the, the Android marketplace or, you know, there's a lot of apps that people can use, never paying for it. Um, but then, you know, there's, there's a, a line where folks say, you know what, we're running this in a production environment. We want to make sure that it's secure and stable and there's, you know, there's support if we need it. Um, and again, these are for small distributed types of environments. And so that's kind of the value add that you would see, whether it's, you know, additional paid apps that are, you know, usually paid. So a good example of that would be uh, instead of using an open source anti-malware type engine, you can use a proprietary paid anti-malware type engine and go ahead and pay for that. And it's a seamless click and it automatically installs and it, it's it's working with the system natively, so to speak. Um there are other things such as, let's say, like uh, remote backup. If they want, you know, massive amounts of data stored off-site, you know, as as computing continues to mature, you're seeing a, a cloud-based uh, environment that's emerging along with the historical on-premise base. And really, we want to bridge the gap between how on-premise computing happens for the local network, the local server, if there is one and a local gateway so that users can seamlessly, you know, basically have a simple environment to, to compute in. One, whether it's password management or cloud and on-premise apps management, but then also you have uh, an administrator of that that has a single place to be able to get the types of apps that are local or apps that are in the cloud, so to speak. So imagine an environment where an administrator wants to light up, let's say, uh, Instead of running the mail server locally or with a, an exchange-based box in the cloud or on-premise, they want to run something like Google Apps. Um, they can literally, it's just a checkbox and, and run Google Apps for their environment. It's seamless, it's simple, it's integrated. And, and in some cases, Google Apps is paid for. In some cases, it's not. Um, so mm. 
there's a, there's a couple examples. Mm, yeah, that makes sense. I know um, I've looked at Google Apps myself. I think it's free for um, yeah for like nonprofits and educational stuff, but not for uh, small businesses and companies and stuff. So that make, makes great sense. Um, we're getting some uh, some chat in in the chat room here. Um, we have a, a question from someone who says um, I'm a, a bit of a noob. Um, they want to know how they can what what's the kind of process for setting this up. They're saying, do I just install the OS and that's it? Um, I don't know. So can you walk us through a little bit the process of, say, you're at home and you want to try this out? Um, is there anything special kind of technical knowledge you need to do this? Well, so today, uh, you need to know. Okay, you go so, ahead, Mike. Yeah, so, today, so today it's relatively simple. David, why don't you go ahead and mm. build it? Go ahead. Okay. So <laughs> like what, what, you would, what you'd do is you'd grab the ISO and burn it onto a CD, and then um, you would uh, you would boot off of that and put it on a dedicated box. Uh, again, if you if you have two NICs in that box, that's going to be give you the best experience with ClearOS because you're going to be able to use it as a gateway. Um, and you install it and uh, and, and boot up. Uh, the first time you boot up, you're going to uh, it's going to ask you a couple of questions, and it's going to uh, automatically provision for you the certificate server for the the box and also um, uh, an open LDAP directory. With uh, you know the, the uh, a full integration across all the board with all, all the services into the, the directory infrastructure. Um, once you do that, you uh, you uh, can register the box with uh, with ClearCenter. And what you would what you'll do there is you just follow the online wizard, and um, it will uh, help you set up an account uh, with ClearCenter. And, and once you have that account, you'll be able to. Uh, Get additional modules and uh, additional functionality. Um, you can set it up. Uh, you, when you're setting it up, you can choose which modules that you want to install. Or uh, if you're new, uh, somebody that's new, you can go ahead and ins install everything. And, and I, I would suggest that for somebody that's that's new because that's going to give you the chance to play around with all of the the different features and be able to see the level of integration that uh, that exists on the box. Um, you know, uh, it's it's up to you whether you turn those services on um, or, or, or not. And um, the box will um, set itself up with the external facing NIC uh, being firewalled uh, against uh, the internet, and the internal facing interface is is open for your user for uh, land based uh, services like file print and uh, and, and email. Um, and then, yeah, just if you have any questions after that, you can uh, go to the user guide. That's at uh, clearcenter.com. Or, uh, you know, you can post your questions on the Clear uh, Foundation forum. And so that's, uh, that's how you get started. Excellent. Sounds good. So I, I hope that uh, answers the question for uh, for anyone watching or, or listening who wants to know how to get this, how to get started with with uh, ClearOS. Um, now I, I've got a bit of a, I've got to confess, I, I've put this under the section in my notes, devil playing devil's advocate, because I've got a little bit of a hardball question for you. It's not not too hard, but I, I'm curious that um, we talked, we, I mentioned already that we've had a lot of projects on like PF Sense and people like that, and and it seems to me that there are a lot of uh, in this space, like network gateways and network management and stuff, there seems to be a lot of competing solutions. So, how do you do you stand out? Is that is that difficult for you guys having a lot of competition, or does it help you to kind of improve what you do? You know, today uh, we're seeing about. Go ahead, Mike. <laughs> today we're seeing about uh, 120 to 150 new registrations a day. Now it doesn't count those folks that are just downloading it and trying it and not registering it. Um, 
know, and we've enjoyed a, a strong history of really uh, solid growth. Um, you know, over the years, I would say if you if you kind of measure the actual register install base, um, we're we're much greater as far as content current volume. Whether you look at other you know distributions, etc. But you know, in the end, we've got to figure out how to real add real value so that the value exchange is solid, it's stable, it's consistent. Um, mm-hmm. And it, that's why we're focused around building things around, whether it's the server side of it uh, on the hardware elements, whether it's integrating into cloud-based systems or apps, whether it's helping service providers to be able to leverage this for their business, uh, whether it's helping you know, in ease of usability, um, for the actual uh, IT administrators, et cetera. So it's just an additional value add. Uh, we believe that uh, really the future of uh, simple IT type environment is going to be based around um, open source platforms. So the platforms are good, and we welcome you know other players into the space. And as as we continue to innovate and grow, others will be able to leverage that and vice versa. So, you know, it's, it's the model in and of itself is a positive model. Um, and, you know, in the end, we've got to add value to be able to have folks desire to be on the platform. So similar to what you're seeing with kind of the CentOS reality, one of the commitments and guarantees we'll make is, you know, we will continually, you know, build out the infrastructure for the platform to be stable and solid and have a revenue model behind it so that folks that are, are really putting their eggs in that basket, they can do it with confidence, leveraging ClearOS. Hmm. Yeah, it's very cool. And as I say, that is a slightly difficult question. Um, the reason I asked it is because it must be something that you kind of get a lot. Um, when I mentioned that we're doing a, a network gateway, someone said to me, oh, another one, you know, and it's kind of, it's, it's, I can see that, um, to kind of answer my own question a little bit, I can see that the, the kind of the, the marketplace and the other stuff that you, as you say, and the services and stuff that you're building on top of it is really where the, the kind of the value is because, um, the OS itself is, is while I'm sure you know you do lots of great work on it, um, there are lots of competing ones, and the things that you guys can give kind of uniquely to the customer are the support and the um, the marketplace, obviously, and and all these other things and services and so on, uh, which seems seems very cool. Um, so um, I've got a, a kind of a, a final, not a final question, but to kind of move towards towards the wrap up, I've got a, a question uh, for you, Michael. Can you tell us a little bit about what the, the kind of the future? Roadmap is for uh, for Clear Center and Clear OS, and what what you uh, what you're planning to do in the future. Uh, so I'll break it into a couple of categories. On the hardware side, you'll see a lower end device that uh, uh, will be called the Clearbox 100 series. Uh, there'll be three different models of it. One of them will include wireless. You'll also see um, a generation two of the Clearbox 300 series, which is a little bit more powerful and advanced device. And then you'll see uh, Clearbox 200 series, which is focused right around um, storage-centric. So that's kind of in the hardware world. And you'll also, um, the biggest advancements that you'll see is really just ClearOS 6.0. We've been working long and hard for this. And um, hold on just a quick second. And um, really feel that uh, the advancement for others to be able to build into this modular infrastructure for ClearOS 6.0 is, is a massive uh, undertaking as well as uh, improvement. So this release will be a a huge release for us, um, and it will also enable the, the Clear Center Marketplace, which will be a big advancement for our roadmap. So, you know, there's there's many other fun things. We we believe that uh, 
ClearOS Core will help to uh, help those that have historically leveraged CentOS that are looking for more of a stable platform uh, and longevity. So there's some material advancements there. Um, also, ClearOS Home will be an advancement that you'll see uh, rapidly as well. So, you know, we've been busy for a long time and finally ready to, to start showing the world some of the details around the progress, but grateful for, you know, the follow and, and the opportunity to be able to relate to others here in this channel. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've got to I've got to admit, Randall, our usual host, Randall Schwartz, is in our chat room and he's poking me with uh, with the uh, the Emacs or Vi question that he always likes to ask everyone. So I'll I'll, I'll ask you guys in turn. Um, so do you have a, a preference, Emacs or Vi, as far as text editors go? So uh, uh, Michael, I'll start with you. If that's all right. <laughs> you know, I would just defer that to David or to Peter or to Ben or one of the other individuals. <laughs> Cool, no problem. So, David, do you have a preference? Well, I'm a visual person, so I, I had to go with mine. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. Um, I suppose, and, and another quick question that, that uh, I'll, I'll direct to you, uh, David, because uh, Randall likes to ask this one as well, um, and he's not at all biased, but uh, Perl or Python is the other one he always asks. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 my vote's for the uh, pathologically eclectic rubbish lister. <laughs> Excellent. Cool, cool. Um, so Randall's now telling me Emacs is visual, but we won't get into that argument now. Um, well, I, <laughs> y stands for visual, so that's that's yeah. the. Uh... <laughs> so he's he's pleased with your other answer anyway. So anyway, he's kind of uh, invisibly hosting the show in some way today. Um, so I, I want to give you a, a big thanks for, for coming on, guys. And where can um, people where can people go to find out more about ClearOS and and get involved in what you're doing? The best place to start is at uh, www.clearfoundation.com. Um, everything that you need uh, should be should be available just a few clicks away from there, whether you need to get the download uh, or you want to join the forums or, or ask some questions. Another place to reach us is on IRC, on irc.freenode.net, uh, and the room is um, pound Clear Foundation. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Okay, thank you very much for joining us, guys. Um, it's been lovely to speak to you, and uh, we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you so very much. Thank you. Yeah, so that was uh, David Loper from Clear Foundation. He's the president of Clear Foundation, and uh, Michael Proper, who is the CEO of Clear Center. And I thank them for, for joining me. Um, and uh, I thought it was a really interesting interview. And this is the part where we usually you discuss it with the co-host. But since as as I'm flying solo today, I'm kind of have to discuss it with myself, which is all going to be very strange. Uh, but uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the interview. And I urge you to go to clearfoundation.com and uh, download the OS, find out more. And as I said, uh, I don't want to sound too kind of sycophantic but as i said I've, i went to their website and uh, it's really really good uh, clearfoundation.com they've got loads of great resources on there if you're interested in um helping with development or just trying it out or getting support or anything like that so um thank you very much to those guys for coming on and uh, we hope you enjoyed that so moving on to um to some kind of housekeeping things that we need to discuss uh, i've got my notes here and uh, we've got uh, we've got some upcoming guests so let's talk about them um, um, let me see. I'm frantically trying to find them on my uh, on my list of upcoming guests. So here we go. So next week, uh, June the 8th, Randall uh, should be with us, hopefully. I'm hoping he'll feel better by then. And uh, he'll be joined by uh, Simon Phipps. And they're going to talk to, uh, let me see if I can get this name right, uh, Koshuke Kawagachi. 
I think that's how you pronounce it, but I apologize if I've, if I've got it totally wrong. And they're going to be talking about Jenkins, which is the uh, leading open source continuous integration server. Uh, it's built with Java, and uh, it provides over 300 plugins to support building and testing virtually any project. And as you can probably tell from that, I did take that bit of text from their website. Um, but yeah, it sounds very, very cool. Uh, so join Simon and Randall for that one. And uh, following that, on uh, June the 15th, Wednesday, June the 15th, Randall will be joined by Randy Hart. And they're going to talk to uh, talk about a subject which is very close to Randall's heart, which is uh, Pearl, obviously, and Strawberry Pearl. Uh, they'll be talking to Curtis Jewell about that. Um, following that, on June the 22nd, uh, we're going to have uh, my good friend, Bradley Kuhn, uh, from the uh, Software Freedom Conservancy. And also, uh, he's former executive director of the FSF. Um, real kind of software freedom um, com uh, proponent and a very interesting guy as well. So I think I may be back for that one, but I'm not 100% sure yet. But don't, it doesn't matter, whoever it is, it'll be a great show. So come and join us for that one on uh, June the 22nd. And um, if you uh, go to uh, twit.tv slash floss, you can find uh, there's a link there to the spreadsheet, which shows you all of our upcoming guests. And uh, if there's something you think should be on there or a project you want to hear about um, and you want us to try and get them on to talk talk about it. The best thing to do is to get uh, the project leader, if you can, to email Randall. And uh, Randall's address is merlin at stonehenge.com. That's merlin, M-E-R-L-Y-N, at stonehenge.com. And that's the fastest way to get to the top of the list of the upcoming guests list. And uh, and Randall's actually been very busy uh, setting up new things for Floss Weekly, which is great. There's now a Twitter account, which is at Floss Weekly on Twitter. If you want to uh, follow that, please do. You can find it on Twitter. And he's also set up Posterous, which I've used for a while. Um, it's an interesting little web service where you can uh, kind of favorite things on the web and you can post little short blog posts and things and uh, repost other things and all that kind of social media stuff. And it will uh, fire it through to Twitter and uh, you'll get it via that uh, at Floss Weekly Twitter account. So there's all kinds of exciting stuff going on here at uh, Floss Weekly. And uh, keep an eye on that, as I say, via Twitter and all the other kind of places. And uh, don't forget, if you want to join in with the uh, the live recording of this show and you want to chat away in the chat room while we're doing it, it's at uh, 9.30 Pacific time. Uh, that's uh, 9.30 in the morning Pacific time. And uh, you can find us via live.twit.tv, which is where you can see the show, watch us doing this and uh, listen to it, obviously. And there's a chat room as well. If you go to twit.tv, you'll find instructions on there on how to get into the chat room. It's an IRC chat room. And uh, the name is uh, hash twit live or pound twit live. If you, uh, if you prefer, I know us British people kind of tend to say things differently. So uh, I'll, I'll, I'll stick to pound uh, twit live if you want to get in there and uh, and talk to other people as we're listening and ask questions as well. As I said, the, uh, as you saw today, there was uh, questions coming in from the chat room as we as we went along, which is very cool. So um, if you want to if you want to find out anything more about what I'm up to, um, I'm going to be heading to the uh, Red Hat Partner Summit in Dublin this weekend, uh, which is which is very cool. Uh, I'm going to go over and see see the guys over there in Dublin, and uh, I'm actually going to be playing music for them, which is quite strange. They've asked me to take my guitar, which is nice, uh, and I'm also going to be interviewing the CEO of um, of Red Hat, uh, Jim Whitehurst, and I'm going to be interviewing all the kind of the, the top brass of Red Hat. Uh, they've asked uh, asked for someone to come along and do sound engineering for them, and uh, generally do all kinds of things, like as I say, provide music and interviews and so on. Um, so hopefully we'll have that uh, audio for you on uh, Linux Outlaws, which is my uh, weekly Linux podcast, uh, Linux and open source podcast. Uh, so you'll find out more about that there. And of course, uh, don't forget to come back and um, 
and check us out for another Floss Weekly. It's been a pleasure. Hopefully Randall will be feeling better very soon and we'll speak to you soon. Take care. Bye-bye. <laughs>